Welcome. You're listening to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the podcast that pulls back the curtains in your mind. We like to shed a little light on why you're thinking what you're thinking. Everyone has a choice in life, in what and how they think. Together, we're going to focus on high-functioning habits. There is no more time to live with any sort of regret. Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the inspirational podcast for the inspired. Let's get into today's show with your host, Shelley R. Shearer. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm so grateful that you're here with me today. I hope you have wonderful plans for tonight, whether they be staying home in your unicorn onesie (laughs) or out partying. We actually have two parties in our neighborhood to go to because apparently our friends didn't coordinate and we accepted two different parties. It's like, oops, maybe that's really me more about my husband and I didn't coordinate and we accepted two different parties. So luckily they're a block apart. We'll just slip between the two. But I got to tell you, I'm a little bit jealous about the unicorn onesie right now. It has been a very busy holiday season and I know it is for lots of people. So let's talk about that. Um, I want to talk about uh, knowing yourself a little bit today as we go into this brand new year. Tomorrow is January 1st, 2020, and lots of people will be making all sorts of New Year's resolutions. And they'll be doing all these New Year's resolutions about drinking less and eating less and getting more exercise while they're out partying, drinking too much and eating too much. (laughs) It's a little ironic, actually. Uh, However... I was uh, chatting this morning and we were talking uh, about knowing oneself and I was kind of joking because I actually am always not necessarily a morning person uh, in the fact that I don't, I like staying in bed and I like snuggling and I like reading and I don't want to get up, but when I'm awake, I'm awake. Once I'm up, this, what you hear right now, this is what you get like 30 seconds later. Very difficult for friends of mine that are the... uh, you just do not speak to me for an hour until I've had quiet, had my coffee, and then I might decide to smile at you. I have a girlfriend that is definitely not a morning person like that, and we've traveled together, and we all know better. It's like, you just, just, just let her have her hour, and all will be well with the world. Right, wrong? Neither. That's her personality. And as much as I'm like, are you kidding me? Wake up! I am annoying as all get out for her. So I'm exactly as annoying to her, but I am way more annoying to her than she ever will be to me being her needing her hour of quiet. In fact, she's very easy to travel with for me because although I do wake up on, in a good mood usually, um, I also don't want to have the energy of entertaining anyone. So yeah, I just get quiet. And she's also not a late nighter, so in the evenings, it's just like quiet time, and I get to bed at a decent time. So I love traveling with with her for those reasons. So this is about knowing yourself. So before you start making a whole bunch of unrealistic resolutions, maybe the resolution we should be making is getting to know ourselves better. One of the things that I talk a lot about on this podcast is, you know, growing into the person you were meant to be. And my message is no different from another, you know, any other thousand coaches and public speakers out there is mastering yourself is all you can do in this life. You cannot master the world around you. You cannot master other people. It is not your job. It's not, you know, uh, making the world a better place may be your responsibility, but your job, your responsibility is still only to improving yourself as far as 
change goes. You want to go out and change the world? Great, but you need to start with yourself. And a huge part of that is understanding yourself. So I talk a lot uh, with my health clients, for instance, if I'm coaching, well, that was in the old days, actually, I don't do a lot, of, a lot of health coaching anymore, but I did for a number of years when I was part of a network marketing company. And habits are really important when you are trying to implement something in your life. So for instance, you want to lose a bit of weight or get in a bit better shape. Or in my case, for instance, I've got health issues with my fibromyalgia and right now my back has been really bad. So I've really struggled after Christmas and the Boxing Day for a couple of days there. I was pretty much on bed rest because my lower back went out on me again. And yes, I know how and who to go see for all of that, but it's Christmas season and everyone's, you know, the doctor's offices are closed and therapist's offices are closed. So I'll have to deal with it on Monday and just kind of cope as best I can. But it's about knowing yourself. So for me, I may look for like, for instance, I made the comment about my illness because I sometimes will look for health changes in my life to give myself a better quality of life. Other people, it's just a matter of managing, you know, some new resolution or some goal that you might want in your life. So knowing yourself. So when I used to coach with uh, a lot of more of health type clients, I have a certificate, by the way, in weight loss and, um, and uh, sorry, what's, what do I, weight loss and health management. I can't remember what the, what the stupid thing was. Uh, so supplementation and nutrition, sorry, thank you, weight loss and nutrition. I have a certificate in that that I took a few years ago, actually because I was doing a lot of this health coaching and it made f- people feel better. Like they would ask, do you have training in this? And you know, my answer was always like, no, I've just been a health nut my whole life. And I, I, I have this sacred gift of knowledge, which means I have to learn stuff and then I have to share it. They kind of go hand in hand. No, po- no point knowing something and not letting someone else have that knowledge. That's what a sacred gift is, is, ha- is having something that's innately you and sharing it with the world. Well, for me, knowledge is, is one of my three or four sacred gifts. And they kept asking me this all the time. So finally, I had a friend uh, that she used to always bring me in during their health and wellness fair at the gym she managed. And it was just lovely. I'd set up a booth and and uh, she was doing this course. She says, why don't you come and do this with me? Brilliant. Because now people would ask me, do you have a training? Yeah, I do. I have a certificate in health and weight management. And they're like, oh, that's wonderful. And that little teeny piece of paper that I spent a whole weekend going to a course with and studying and taking a test makes all the difference to people's perception. It's like, okay, fine. I did what I needed to do, but actually it was interesting. It was certainly more knowledge. And one of the things that I tied in with that was my ability to coach people on your habits. So there's no point if you are going to start a new health regime that you don't manage, know yourself and manage your life to work with your strengths and your weaknesses. So for instance, I'm a bit of a neat freak and I cannot stand stuff all over my counter, bathroom counters. My makeup, I have a separate section that's mine, so it is kind of nice that it's not over by the sink, you know, or guests or else, because in our, in our upstairs part of our home where we actually live versus the basement where we have students that live here in our TV rooms and offices are down here. Upstairs is where we live. There is only one bathroom. I do not actually have a, a one and a half bath home upstairs. We tried to do it with the renovation, but honestly, it just, it wasn't going to work. So we gave up on the notion and uh, my guest, my bathroom is my guest, is what guests have to use. So it is nice that I do have this separate makeup counter and area so that, I, that a few things can stay out and it just makes my life easier. But I still cannot stand bottles and jars on everything. I am just way too OCD. So I have this long cabinet beside it, a mirrored cabinet. I open it and I leave it open while I'm getting ready because on it are the, on the shelves are the things I supplements I need to take in the morning, my drugs for my fibro, my guaifenesin, uh, things like that. 
my magnesium at night. If those things were not right there where my bottle of water is always on the counter, I go to, I fill my metal bottle with ionized alkaline water at night, leave it on my bathroom counter. That's why it's there also in the middle of the night in case I need it and I get up. Or first thing, it's just there. It's like, it's right there. So I don't even hesitate. I, I roll the cap off and I down half of it. Then I'm kind of, okay, I'm awake. Look for what supplements I can take on my empty stomach and medications and I take those. Before I've even, you know, gone to the washroom, jumped in the shower. It's done. That's working with your personality and you, what you know are your traits. If you are a person that keeps a glass of water or a glass by the kitchen sink or the bathroom sink, and that's where you're going to take a pill, then I will tell you that bottle needs to be there. And leave it on the counter if you're going to need it. My husband cannot put anything in a drawer. He literally will forget to take his meds completely if they're in the drawer. I have to work with that. It just means if we're having, if I know company's dropping in, I just grab those couple of things that he takes one medication actually. Um, I just scoop them into the, into his big drawer under a sink and close the door and the bathroom's tidy for the guests. So I, I work with it the opposite way. I don't make him put it away because I know he won't take it and they're tested, they're working with his, his cholesterol, no, not his, his blood pressure is a bit high. So they've got him on a very low dose of a medication. He's never been on any medication his whole life other than health medic, uh, supplements. So I really did have to work with his personality because it's, he won't, if he can't see it, he won't take it. You need to do the same thing in your life. So let's talk about what that might be for you. Are you a morning person? Are you a night person? Do you struggle getting to bed at night? You know, are you trying to start? Are you, you know, are you trying to be a little healthier in the new year? So I made the mistake of getting on the scale this morning. Whew, good thing I don't let those things get to me anymore because if that had been 10 years ago, it would have depressed the living crap out of me. Nope. Yes, I gained almost six pounds, but I knew that was coming because I've eaten and drank everything in sight since I got back from my cruise. I don't know what happened this Christmas season. But it also means that I now have to get disciplined and get back to normal. I'm not going to run around starving myself. I ordered in my new Ketond. Ketone's this great company I discovered just by fluke when someone else brought me a multi-level marketing company uh, that was about to be launched. And they knew I was in the industry and some of the same players were the same. And so, of course, Mia went off and did the research and found Ketond. K-E-T-O-N-D. Now... We, my husband and I tried it for a month before we went on our cruise, see if we could lose some weight. You got to kind of eat keto. You've, you've got to be on a keto diet to really make supplements like that work. You cannot take a pill or a shake and then expect to just keep eating all the junk food. That isn't how it works. The things that we recommend to you as health professionals and, and such are what we call helping hands. Okay, so I talk a lot about sometimes using um, Garcinia Cambogia. It's not something I use every day. It's a sugar fat blocker that helps your body's metabolize those things better. But I don't go on vacation without that supplement because it minimizes my damages. So instead of going on 11 day cruise and gaining two pound, uh, five pounds, I gain one or two because I'm moderating. I water, Garcinia Cambogia with chromium will help you know regulate your blood sugar, helps block unnecessary sugar intake, uh, and also helps with your cravings. So you're not doing all the bad stuff. And what you are doing, like I say, is being mitigated. Because man, when you come back from vacation and you've been really naughty, getting sugar out of your system is tough. Those first three days are just like, you are craving everything in sight. Your body can't help it. 
So what did I do? I got up this morning and, and made one of my old protein shakes. Oh, I'm not going to lie. I can't believe I gagged these down for five years. They are not really working for me right now. You know, they are, you know, they got all my vegetables in them. So they're kind of thick. <laughs> and I, I've been drinking them for years. But, you know, we change. I'm done. I'm not really enjoying this. And I don't like doing things I don't enjoy anymore. You have to have discipline about certain things in your life, but don't do things you hate. So the shake thing's really not working for me right now. I love my shakes, but this one's not working, especially since for the past two months, I've been doing this ketone shake. So even though we ordered in the drink mixes that put you in ketosis and are supposed to help with all that jazz, uh, which I really found difficult to drink, they're, they're, they're like a salt. And so um, that's what they taste like. Like they're an essential uh solution for your body that is needed but it's like oh it's it's a little tough to drink not gonna lie but the shake was unbelievable so it's all the mct oils and coconut and there was something else in there that i needed my diet it's just left my brain for a second it'll come back to me in a minute and they say to start with one scoop not two because it can be hard on the digestive system it can basically give you diarrhea because the fat content is so high so they have this shake called strawberries and cream. It is supplemented. So I get, it's like taking a multivitamin. Plus I'm getting all these great fats. Well, my diet needs are changing a little bit. I'm really struggling with my memory. And I know part of it, you know, I, it, they call it fibro fog. I know that's part of it. Uh, but also I come from a family that genetically, you know, Alzheimer's, dementia, big, big deal. And I am not going to dwell on that because genetics only play about 20 to 25% of your makeup. The rest you can alter and change. And I am a huge believer in that. So the question is, what does my body need? Well, I need good quality fats. And although I'm always the past, this summer and this few, last few months, I've been putting coconut oil into my paleo pancakes in the morning. I'm not going to lie. When you are, uh, it just it depends how you are. Like for instance, my husband, he could just never eat breakfast if, if you let him. He would not eat all day and just eat all evening, like eat a big dinner and then just snack all night. That's not super healthy, but his body actually is quite happy with it. In other words, it's not sending him signals of starvation and he's not foggy. He can really just go all day without food. And I've, and after 25 years of research, I swear to God, it's a blood type O thing. I just, every blood type O I know is a little bit like this. You know those people you know that can wake up in the morning and have a cup of coffee and they're good? I'd be sick as a dog if I put caffeine in my body, uh, a stimulant in my body first thing in the morning and only had liquid. I'm hypoglycemic, man. There better be food within 10 minutes of waking up. I don't care if it's just a piece of fruit or a bite of banana. I, I need food pretty quickly. So... Do you know that about yourself? Knowledge. Your body needs certain things. Medically, that's been proven. Your body can tolerate other things. You need to marry the two of them. So my husband, bless his heart, made a decision this past summer uh, to get a little healthier. And he went back on having his protein shake in the morning. Does he want it? Is he hungry? No. But he drinks it anyways. He drinks it for me. And I'm just grateful for that. Super. For me, it was the same deal. I'm so used to having that easy to digest pro protein shake in the morning that my body is, you know, just feels better. I'm more alert at work. I enjoy the pancakes on the weekend, but I was eating them every day. And to be quite honest, it was just was a little bit heavy. So we went on this ketone diet and this was perfect. This shake was lightweight and had all these good oils in it. Kept me regular. I felt wonderful. 
I just had to be aware that each scoop was 200 calories. So I only use one scoop. And even though they say work up to four, uh, the 400 calories, the two scoops, that's if you're doing a keto diet. Well, I'm not. So I can't afford to put 400 calories worth of fat into my body first thing in the morning. I still need to eat for the rest of the day. I'm not super, super active. I do yoga, stretching, things that keep my core strength, but I'm not out playing squash, running marathons. I don't do those things anymore. So I can't be eating 3000 calories a day. So you need to be aware of these things. You need to be aware of, you know, where your, where your life is at. So I know I'm kind of just stressing this on the breakfast, but if I can keep the example simple, then you can start relating it to like bigger things in your life. So I really did enjoy this and it was not inexpensive, but it certainly was not the most expensive product out there. It was, it, you know, it's got a nice clean um, ingredients list. Ketond is the, is the company. They have an ambassador program and you know, they sent me an email. I'm like, yeah, I'll promote you, but I, I, I just can't be bothered to like go on and on a, make it a business or, or, you know, put you all over my Facebook pages. It's just like, take my word for it. My clients and my, my, uh, area of influence will know who you are, but, but thanks anyway. So bless your hearts. But it was like, no, it just kind of wasn't for me at this point, but I just want to enjoy the product. So just for helping my husband do a keto thing, testing some products because this multi-level marketing thing, I found something new for my lifestyle. Now, yes, it's true. It doesn't have all the vegetables in it that I used to put in my shake, but I've sort sort of as well now got into more of a habit of eating those vegetables with meals. I'm, I just do more with my dinner and I have a salad at lunch. Those things I wasn't always doing before. So, you know, when breakfast got, you know, four vegetables in it and a fruit, I was kind of good for the day. As long as there was a vegetable on my plate at dinner, I've had my five servings that day. So I, I just, you know, mentally felt like I was good. I was nutrient dense. But like I say, it's been a long time now and this just isn't appealing. This crunchy thing isn't appealing to me anymore. My strawberry cream MCT oil shake, very much appealing to me. Doesn't keep me as full as long though. After about three hours, I'm hungry again. So I just had to, again, make some adjustments and made sure I had... To, to work with that. All right, so enough about my breakfast regime, but this is the things I want to stress. I'm coming into the New Year's tomorrow. Yes, ah, there's a nice seven pounds on the scale this morning. Oh, only five of them for Christmas, but just from the last couple of months, regardless of being my back been injured, not being as active, and the cruise, it's like, okay, do I freak out about that? No, and seven pounds is a fair bit on someone. I'm only five foot four, and uh, I wear a size eight. You know, that gives you a visual of kind of, you know, I'm just an average built woman. I cannot let my weight get out of control because I have a deteriorating hip. And with my fibromyalgia, my symptoms are all much worse if I'm too overweight and I can't be as mobile as I'd like to be. Those things drive me, not the guilt and the weirdness about OMG, I've gained seven pounds. No, I didn't, I, you know, yeah, I didn't want to see that number. I was really hoping it wasn't going to be over 145, but it was. And I don't stress about that because I know how to eat properly. And I know that by the end of January, this weight will all be gone and I'll be done. Just like that. It'll all be done. And I just will maintain it, which I tend to normally do. Not really sure why Christmas got away from me. I knew it had, and I just let it. it that was my choice to be, to be this way. And now I'm going to pay the price accept the consequences and get back on track because change in your life is a lifestyle. So New Year's resolutions are great as long as you're understanding. Sorry, I bent over and missed the microphone there. Sorry, guys. Um, I dropped something on the floor. As long as you realize 
that what you want for your life is always is only going to stay there if you make permanent changes and change the way you think about the situation. So in other words, you heard me say, I maintain my weight because I have a deteriorating hip and I have an illness, which requires me to eat nutrient dense. And it's not even so much that I maintain the weight because of the fibro, it's because my weight is easily maintained when I'm eating nutrient dense and not putting the bad things in my diet like alcohol and sugar and processed foods that flare up my arthritis. You see, those things feed the bad stuff in your body. So it isn't so much that I want to stay a size eight, it's just that if I want to be the healthiest, happiest I can be, because I'm happy when I'm healthy, <laughs> I need to have a mental attitude about my food and my lifestyle that serves me. Okay, it's not about going on a diet, I just need my habits to serve me as a human being. And for the most part, they do. We all slip up, I certainly slipped up the other night, I went to the neighbor's for a pizza party and bless her heart, she gets me in a gluten-free crust, it was wonderful. And I opened a bottle of Prosecco and managed to drink the whole thing by myself. Yeah, that's not good for me. <laughs> it's, it's really not. The next morning I had quite the headache and my arthritis, my hands were just literally, my joints were swollen up. I hurt. I paid the price for that lack of control. Do I beat myself up about it? No, things happen, I'm not perfect. I got in my ionic foot bath which pulls acid and inflammation from the body. Went and had an infrared sauna, had a nap, got up, carried on. It just I had to recover, that's the deal. You need to heal your body after abusing it like that. Am I proud that I did that? No, no I'm not, uh, but it happened. And there's just no point in me writing off my healthy life over one incident, which is really affecting today though because I have no desire to go to a New Year's party and drink more champagne which actually I'm not going to there's no way it's going in my body tonight but that doesn't mean once I get there and the food's flowing and the energy's going and someone passes me a shot of tequila that I'm not going to have it because it is my weakness or it is my love it's not a weakness I have it very rarely but it's something I thoroughly enjoy is good tequila so yeah there'll probably be some tequila tonight but you know what again tomorrow's a rest day uh, but it just can't happen all the time in your life. This, this isn't the person I want to be. In fact, talking with a friend of mine the other day, I think we're going to give up alcohol for Lent. And it's always nice to have um, support in those types of decisions. So Lent's going to start in the new year, the 40 days running into Easter. It's, a, it's kind of a Catholic thing, I think, mostly. But it doesn't matter. It's, you know, for, do you remember the, uh, the, what was the movie, 40 Days and, not 40 Days, 40 Nights, uh, some guy gave up sex for 40 days it went in a movie about 15 years ago. It was quite funny. And uh, same thing. He gave up sex for Lent. It was, it was the premise of the movie. So I've, I've done it once before years ago, gave up alcohol and for Lent. And it was wonderful, actually, because it's like giving up drinking permanently. Now, my drinking habits have changed drastically. I've given up hard alcohol uh, this, this fall. And that was my first goal. Perhaps I can get it to the point where I can give up drinking altogether, but I enjoy wine and champagne. I, I enjoy the social aspect of it. I just enjoy it, period. Uh, I've been able to control it for a long time now. Didn't so much the other night, I realized that. Uh, but for the most part, you know, I've kept it to that two, three drinks, only on the weekends, because my health just cannot cope with it, and I just can't be sick all the time. So ask yourself that. Do you have habits in your life that are, you know, basically holding you back and making you sick? Because that was my biggest regret. 
it wasn't the next morning so much that I had the headache. It was that I had things to do that day that couldn't get done because my brain was foggy and I needed to work on a corporate tax return, including my own. And I gave up that right and that I gave up that ability to do that job because of the poor decision I made the night before. That is why I don't talk a lot about in my podcast about band-aids, but why I do focus on not living in regret and high-functioning habits. Because when you have good habits, you will have less regret in your life. And when you have less regret in your life, you will quit making excuses and procrastinating and blaming the things that are going wrong in your life. Okay? They all run hand in hand. I'm a really big believer of getting to the source right to the source, not band-aiding things way after the fact. So if you're willing to do that kind of work, then I want you to think about what I'm saying right now and apply it to some areas of your life that going into this new year, what would you like to see 2020 look like? Now for me, I'm not even going to make a resolution about being healthier. That's has been part of my life for a long time now. Um, but I do have to make some choices about where I'm putting some of my energies now, one of the things I got talking about this morning with actually one of my clients was the morning ritual. So I talked about, you know, my girlfriend who wakes up and like, don't talk to me. I need a coffee. Just, I need quiet in the morning and me just waking up and I'm on. I am just on. Thank heavens I've got a husband that's like me because I think I'd be a little tough to live with if, if I was, if my partner was that other person, I would have to always leave the the bedroom or something and go to another floor for like an hour till they could get their cells out the door to work or something. Cause I would drive them nuts. I would just drive them crazy. All this energy just whooing out of me every morning when you just want quiet. But anyways, lots of people are like that and you just need to make it work for you. But I am spoiled in the fact that my husband is quite high energy as well and wakes up and he's up. We just, he's up. We're nattering, you know, we're joking, we're teasing each other. The mornings, you know, this is a very active household in the morning. Uh, no two ways about it. And not that quiet either. We're not walking around whispering at each other either. So I lost my tra train of thought. Sorry, guys. So getting, getting on this, that's, you know, that's not my resolution, but knowing yourself and knowing your routine. Because when you know your routine and know why you do what you do, it makes it easier if you want to change something. If you do not understand, like I mentioned, don't want clutter on my countertop and my husband needs to see the bottle. If you do not know that about yourself, you're going to have a tough time implementing a new habit. And in order to usually reach new goals in your life, you've got to implement new habits. Everyone's got habits. So you might as well have good ones because bad ones can be replaced. I talked about this a couple weeks ago with my granddaughter, got some new facial tick thing going on. And it was like, I had to teach her a little trick about squeezing her fingers together, pinching herself with her nails. It's like, just do that the second you feel it coming on. Because it's not about, it's about awareness so that you can stop. You can always short circuit something. We are completely as human beings capable of doing that. So, sorry, back to the topic at hand. Knowing yourself will give you the best fight against failure. But you also have to have a goal. And I talk about this in the ebook. So please, by the way, I have forgot because I didn't podcast last week, I have not had a chance to say thank you. I'm not sure what's going on in the mar marketplace, but all my new subscribers on the website, thank you. I know when you subscribe. I you're I get a notification and they've been coming by the dozens lately. I don't it's almost like I've got 
they, if I didn't know better, I would assume the website had been put out on like Google search or something. It hasn't, by the way. Nothing has changed except us launching the livingwellwithshell.com website, which has the links to all the platforms my podcast are on and my actual podcast website, which is where these new registrations are coming from. Um, but it also the blog that's coming and a few other things and the ebook, the free ebook is there as well. That's what I'm supposed to be telling you about. The free ebook is there. So please feel free to download it. But these are the things I talk about in that, in that quick and dirty little 80 page book was just talk about knowing yourself, implementing new habits, having a goal and having a why, because those are the things that make you stronger. Those are the things that tell you and keep you on course. You know, I drank that shake this morning and I drank it. It's just a little, I'm glancing at it right now. There's a little bit left there and I really don't want to drink it, but I will gag that down. Well, even just the thought of it kind of grosses me out, but it's really good vegetables and they're all organic and I'm not wasting them. I'm sorry. I'm just not wasting them. But hopefully by tomorrow, the morning after my new order will come of the keton shake and I'll go back to the strawberries and cream with my coconut milk and my berries. That's, uh, I'm good with that. Really good with that. (laughs) Yeah, that's not working. So these are the things that you need to to know about yourself. So what changes have I made? I bought myself, which is my first day, which I'm loving this because I can see on the screen that the volume on the mic is coming through. I've been really struggling with something technical on my recording. I do not know what it is, uh, whether I'm not close enough to the mic or what I'm doing. I also struggle when I'm sitting at my desk, one, because my back's in pain, but also I tend to sometimes forget and touch the keyboard tray and things, and that creaking shows up in my podcast, and I can hear it during the playback, and it bugs me. Well, today, right now, I'm standing. Uh, I've really considered, you know, going into the savings account and, and getting one of those Ikea desks that goes up and down, but it was just, it was a kind of a big investment. We've just been on this cruise. It's just been Christmas. You know, it's like this time of year, the bills just keep piling up. And I thought, no, there's gotta be another solution. And sure enough, I hit marketplace on Facebook and this lady had one of these $350, um, desk things that sit on your desk that have a, a little pump on the side and the whole thing goes up and down. And she was selling it for $75. I didn't even hesitate. I just told, is it still available? I'll be over this afternoon. And as it turned out, I had a phone call with a girlfriend like an hour later, and she had just got herself on half price at a, at a Black Friday sale the week before and loved it. So the, the, all the signs were there. I said, and we're done. And not only that, I just got to share this with you. This is, you know, my sister's amazing for the law of attraction. She jokes about it. Um, if you're a Christian and you grew up in anything in the Pentecostal religion, like anything of that, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit type, Holy Roller stuff. There was a, a term in my background called name it and claim it. It was this kind of, I guess you could almost call it a fad that was going on uh, before the year 2000. It was a big thing that went, movement that went through a lot of the churches. And some people are big fans of it. Other people believe it's like practically satanic. It's like, whatever. It's just the law of attraction, guys. Now we have a name for it, and even non-religious uh, people can understand the concept of attracting to your life what you want. Well, my sister volunteers at a thrift store, and I swear to God, and she even admits it. She goes, Shelly, I just say I need something, and I'm telling you, it just shows up. It just literally shows up in the store, and I buy it. And I'm laughing. This has been going on for about a year, but really, she's it's amazing some of the things she's attracted and some bigger items too, and things specifically that she needed, and the exact thing arrived. So the reason I'm telling you this is, you know, I'm a huge believer in the law of attraction, uh, in the power of prayer, I just am. 
I, you've heard me talk many times that I'm pretty much convinced it's all the same thing. Uh, I know lots of people do not believe that, but it really doesn't matter whether you believe it's all the same thing or not. Just believe. Just believe that there, that we are energetic beings and that we have power. So many of us walk around thinking we have no power and are powerless, and that is so not true. In fact, there's an immense amount of power in your life keeping you believing that because you are perpetuating it with your thought pattern. Thoughts are things. So how about we think and attract great things in 2020? So the law of attraction, and this is hysterical. Where am I going? Oh, the desk thing. So I just feel I attracted this and it's solving a huge problem for me now because I may not be able to do actual book work standing up necessarily. Just it's my, it's my personality. I like to be bent over my paperwork, concentrating. And I'm, I found, I tried to do it last week when I first brought it home and the book work stuff wasn't great. But when I'm writing or answering emails, going through any of the social media, doing any posts, researching, podcasting, I can stand for all of that. And my desk is where it is. All I'm doing is hitting a lever. Uh, I had to do a little, a little mechanical work, but my monitors are on this thing. It actually works amazingly well with my situation. And I didn't have to give up my beautiful wood desk that, uh, it was a gift from the lady that I bought this house from. It was in the house. And I know she was considered, consider, considering taking it, but it's a cherry wood color with a beautiful smoked glass insert and a, and a beautiful tray. That, it's just, it's a lovely looking piece of furniture. It's not just a desk and it matches a credenza that I already have that I've had for years. It's solid cherry. And she gifted it to me and I love it. And I was going to say, I asked my husband, you know, how, do you want my desk upstairs in your office? I'm thinking of getting this Ikea thing. And he's like, well, I really kind of like what's up here now. He's, he's on a nice solid sleek black uh, glass and chrome thing that he likes. It's like, okay, so, you know, it's like, okay, that, that just wasn't fitting. So I just put it out there and this arrived and it's perfect. And when it lowers down, it really just creates like a secondary desktop and I go back to using my keyboard tray. So everything's wireless, it's perfect. Think outside the box, attract what you need. It is a process, nothing, you're never going to solve it all at once and it's never going to be perfect and it's never gonna stop being a journey. So I really encourage you as we walk through, and I know this podcast is going a little longer than usual. I'm making up for last week. There we go. And it's, it's the New Year's podcast. We'll call it the New Year's podcast. That's, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. There's things I want you to think about as you're going into this brand new year because people always take this new year and they're so, they have so much hope for new plans and new goals. And then you, you talk to everyone in December and they're all like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that year is over. I don't want you thinking that way. I want you to go back and celebrate. 2019 was a rough year for me, but for completely different reasons than 2018 were rough, were rough for me. 2018 was rough uh, because we, I wasn't working as much, my health was you know, a little worse, and we were struggling in some other areas. 2019, I had too much work made myself physically ill. So it's like, Let's celebrate the fact that the budget's balanced, but we had to, we have to make some changes because my body wasn't able to handle the level of, of work I brought on. Plus, you really need to understand yourself. Something I've gotten very clear about myself is I'm a project person and I've known this for, you know, 15 years I've known this about myself, but out of necessity, sometimes we have to do work that keeps the groceries on the table and, and such, but I, I still... Don't believe in letting go of, you know, don't let go of your dreams. 
what is it that you want out of your life? I'm pretty, I think it's pretty obvious what I want out of my life. I, I've been three and a half years podcasting now. I love it. I love coaching. I love training. I love teaching. It's what I love to do because people are like a project for me. I'm a project to me for crying out loud. But I took on some bookkeeping clients and I took on a huge client this year that I just loved and adored. And when I was finished in July, I should have walked away and I didn't. And then things went sideways. When I started maintaining and just doing regular bookkeeping and we had staff, we had, I've talked about in a couple other podcasts, we had some issues and unfortunately there were some hurt feelings and things that never should have happened. If I had been very clear on who I was as, as a person to say, this work I love and this work I do not, I should have walked away from, I, my contract was finished. I accomplished what they hired me to do. Everything was put into place. The staff was hired. They just needed a bookkeeper that lived in their, in their area. Luckily, by October, November, I realized my mistake and we had the conversation in November and I will be seeing them next week for the last time and they've hired a new bookkeeper. I couldn't tell you the joy I felt when they told me that. And it's always one of those tough things because you know, some people take that the other direction. They're like, oh my goodness, a client replaced you? And people get very emotionally attached to these types of things thinking it's, you know, it's about them. They take it personally or there's something wrong with your work. It's not. Perhaps that work, that person, that relationship, that job was for a season in your life or it was for a lesson. Because let me tell you, I've learned that lesson pretty darn strongly in 2019. I don't want to go through that again with a client or, you know, in my life anytime soon. It was very uncomfortable and I almost lost a friendship out of it uh, simply because neither one of us recognized what needed to happen next. Uh, we were clinging to what we knew. Both of us were, both me and my client. We were clinging and not wanting to change that much. And it wasn't, wasn't healthy for either one of us and wasn't getting done what needed to get done. So people's needs weren't getting met. So I realized, you know, very strongly again this past couple of weeks, just while I've been, when I'm not feeling well and I'm not fully in my office focusing on work and doing content for Living Well with Shell, I'm able to, you know, slow down and give things thought. And these things were things I really mulled around in my mind and massaged around going, okay, what did this year look like? What do I want next year to look like? What did I learn in this situation? I think I've told this story before about how about three years ago, I just about lost a, one of my dearest girlfriends. She uh, had a head injury many years ago. And I spent a lot of years helping her through that. Uh, once she got to the point where the medical said, you know, we're kind of done. You're just on disability. Here's your life. I said, yeah, let's see. Let's give you better quality of life. We went off to doctors and therapists that work outside the box. And she now owns a cleaning business. And I made sure I was one of her first three clients because like, I needed a cleaning lady anyways. And it was great. But there were some things I needed to discuss with her. And instead of just being my normal self and sitting down and being a control freak, I did a passive aggressive email. Oh my goodness. Talk about a lesson learned and almost ruined our friendship because my girlfriend is not a controller like I am. And she's very sensitive. I hurt her feelings and I didn't say what I truly meant because I was trying to not say what I truly thought and meant. That doesn't work with people with my personality. Um, it just doesn't because we don't communicate well when we're not being clear and concise about the, and staying on point. That's just part of being a control freak and, uh, and being a little OCD. I'm not going to lie. So again, know yourself. And these are lessons that you learn. These are the lessons that you walk away from and say, Hey, 
Now, sometimes people are just in your life for a season. This friend, that is not the case. They are still in our life today. Thank heavens I know how to grovel. Uh, and I did. I did I had no problem groveling. I'm the one that screwed up. And it was funny because, you know, as soon as I did it, I remember sitting in my sauna because I was on my iPad and thinking, oh, Jen, don't, don't need your, don't need your, and sure enough, she said she quit on me. And I should have seen it. Well, I did see it coming. As soon as I had behaved the way I behaved, I knew what her reaction was going to be. She just simply wasn't, she's just not confident or strong enough person to take criticism in a passive aggressive capacity and just say, and get in your face about it. That's just not her personality. And I, my guilt was brutal. My husband was so mad at me because it did. It scarred our friendship for about six months until we got things back on track. All because I wasn't being true to my nature and I wasn't handling things as well as I could have with the lessons that I've learned in life. So these are tough lessons. Now, sometimes though, sometimes people are for a season, know that as well and accept that. If you're the season or the other person is, don't be hurt by that. Maybe going into 2020, you need some redirection on your friendships or your mentors or the people around you, perhaps work. Maybe you need to stand up to someone at work. Maybe you need to create a better relationship with your mother. I've spoken many times about my mom. My mom's a passive aggressive controller. And uh, we've always had a very, very hard relationship. And but these past couple of years, she suffered incredible memory loss. And my dad has got very advanced dementia. It has changed everything for us. Our dynamic, we actually have an incredibly healthy relationship right now. Now, a lot of that relationship is me managing it because she doesn't remember phoning me some days. But I took the attitude a year ago that I was just so grateful to not have her snarky, passive aggressive criticism in my home every day that I just embraced it and went, now this is the mom I'd wish I'd always had. And so my attitude was simply, and thank heavens I was mature enough at this point in my life to accept that because I could have gone the other direction. I've seen people in, in my own family, actually, it, you know, even passed away now though, watch generation to generation treat each other poorly because they feel like they've got the upper hand now uh, and it's payback time. No, no, that serves no one. It's certainly, I can tell you this right now because I watched it in my own family once about 15 years ago, it will not serve you, okay? I've watched this over and over again, and it certainly wasn't serving me in this situation. So I guess that's one of the things I'm grateful for is when you can look at something and learn from it and not have to learn the lesson the hard way, yay team. And I'm a big believer in that. So for instance, my first marriage, you know, when we separated, we are still friends today because I watched the hell him and his first wife went through. And even though I was very young in my 20s, I went, I don't want that in my life. And I made a conscious effort to be different. And because of that, to this day, I have a very healthy relationship with my ex and his kids and family. And, and we, we are an anomaly. People look at us and go, I don't know how you all do this. I made a choice. Thank heavens for that wisdom. I'm telling you right now, it was ordainly given. Nothing, because I was so wise, I wasn't. I was living in victim and was feeling pretty sorry for myself back then in the day. But somehow that wisdom came through. And same deal today with my mom. That wisdom came through of how about we just show gratitude that now she is loving and supportive and says nice things to you and doesn't and if something bad gets said or she, she won't remember the next day and and let her have that as well let her have that peace because anything else really like i say is going to serve no one 
So think about all of these little examples I've jumped all over today to see what in 2020 you can improve on. 2020 is not a year to throw away what's happened and to celebrate what could come. I believe it's to grow into the person you're going to be, showing gratitude for the lessons you learned in the previous year. Okay? There are no mistakes. There's successes or there's lessons. Really own that. It's a tough, I'm not saying it's easy. These, this is almost like something, a mantra, a mantra, 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 that you are going to want to practice as a habit. Uh, did anyone see on my Facebook page, if you go to the Living Well with Shell Facebook page, pretty sure it's there. This, this, there's this little, um, little black kid. I think it's from South Africa. He's the cutest little thing on the planet. He is maybe four. If he's even five going to kindergarten, I'd be surprised. He's got his little backpack on and he's carrying his banana and he's chanting to himself. I am blessed. I am smart. I can do anything. I had to post that because guys, that is, that is it. You are perfect exactly the way you are. You are who you are meant to be. Now grow into the best version of that. I think I've spoken, but not a lot on the latest book I'm reading. And I really struggle with this particular topic of us, us having sort of agreements before we got here. It's very hard sometimes when you've been raised in a very black and white Christian environment that everything is, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, uh, doctrine where like where there's no interpretation it's literally about the black and white of what the bible says and i i tell you one thing that i've learned as you know getting older and and opening my my conscious awareness is that not only is there gray area in life <clears throat> there very, very much is understand the black and the white so that when you need to step out of the box you understand why you're doing it and where you're going with it sacred contracts and her name is said slightly differently. It, this uh, is audible. whoops, this is audible. Carolyn, um, it's, per, it's spelled M-Y-S-S, like Mize, but when they're talking about her, they always pronounce it Maze. So not sure what that's about, but doesn't matter, Carolyn Mays. So she does the sacred contracts work where she truly believes, and I've heard this before, that we, we make contracts before we enter into this corporeal uh, life that we live here on earth, that in... The energetic heaven universe, whatever you want to call it, out there, the the greater of it all, that we decided we want to experience something in this life. And we made contracts with people to make sure that happened. Maybe one of the contracts I had was that my mother never would support me. Maybe she's doing her job. Maybe she's doing exactly what I asked her to do in the energetic realm before I came to earth so that I could become the person I am. Because there's not a chance in life that I would have become this person would be speaking to you right now. If my mother had treated me like she treats my sister, I would have gone the easy route. The easy, I can tell you, I know my personality. I know. I can look back on my life now and go, yep, hit that easy button. I think that's where I would have gone. And I couldn't. I had, I had a purpose and that purpose wasn't easy. It just it wasn't going to be easy. And I needed those around me to ensure that I grew into the person I needed to become. That is a whole other topic and conversation of podcasts that when I'm finished, actually, I have finished this book. I might listen to it one more time, though, before I really do an in-depth podcast on it. But it's just something to think about. If the only thing I ever do for all of you as my listeners is help you 
open your mind to a new possibility, I feel my job is done. But what I really long for is that I've also helped you to grow and learn and that you feel safe in this environment because I want you to know that you are enough. You are as you, you are the person you are supposed to be. If you do not like things about yourself, let's work on changing them, but you are enough and you are exactly as God created you. And if you want to believe that maybe you created yourself and that you put yourself down here in this particular set of circumstances, own it. I'm, I'm good with that. Just stay open to growth and, um, and be like my sister, you know, just attract it. <laughs> she's like, gotta say, she's, she's amazing at it. And so I look at that and I say, I need to learn from that. You know, my sister and I haven't always had an easy relationship and you may have people in your life that maybe you don't have easy relationships with. But the one thing I want you to be aware of going into 2020 and something to think about along with everything else I've chatted about today, do not write the person off. I'm sorry. Do not write the lesson off because you want to write the person off. Okay. Do not keep toxic people in your life and people that hurt you. But sometimes there are some amazing lessons to learn that we are not learning or that we ignore because we don't like the messenger. That's a tough one. I've had a lot of messengers in my life, let me tell you. And some are, have been amazing. Some, my best lessons, it's funny, my most, my most embarrassing moments through mentors who I work with, usually bosses that needed to put me in my place when I was younger, and teach me stuff. You know, I can re- there's three of them that I can remember like it was yesterday. I will always remember them. They taught me so much. And unfortunately, those lessons were learned through embarrassment things I was doing that was inappropriate at the office or things things I needed to learn how to behave, whatever, professionalism, it didn't matter, whatever it was. And yet, which should just be mortifying, and yet I embrace them and I own them. But things that my own family or people that have hurt me or exes and even relationships, we always, I want to, and, and most people do as well, we want to discount that and go, oh, no, no, they were just terrible people. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. Maybe it was just the place you were in your life and it was a lesson you needed to learn. And you need to experience that. Any of my listeners have been with me over a year, you know that I had an abusive fiance. And his previous fiance to me is one of my best and dearest friends. And her daughter considers my husband her uncle, almost her father. Like I'm just, I'm so fortunate. It's like a father figure for her. And we bring this love and caring into each other's lives because of just a man that treated us awful. And that man is married with kids and he's happy. So obviously there was just something there that wasn't meshing. We obviously, as the type of, we're very similar, by the way, we're very strong women. He couldn't handle that. And we brought out the worst on him. He also came from a background of abuse. His father was abusive. So we triggered something in him and he hurt us. Do not think for a second that I am saying I am to blame. I am not. All I'm saying is that I had a lesson to learn and someone to meet through him. And I did. And I celebrate that. I almost never, I almost never talk about the abuse. I don't dwell on it. And even now, which has been wonderful, but it took 20 years, I don't freak out as much when I see certain behaviors. Like, and and I'm going to use a movie as an example. Uh, Julia Roberts, Julia Roberts started a movie years ago where she was in an abusive marriage 
and um, one of the things in the triggers in the in the movie was he would put all the cans in the cupboard with the labels all facing forward, like he was very OCD, very controlling. And I couldn't watch that. I watched the movie once, and but anytime I ever saw anything like that, I started to hyperventilate. Like I literally could not handle watching that sort of control because my ex actually was very particular about certain things as well. You know, towels are hung a certain way, and we the bed, you know. There was never a mess in the house. He didn't dust, <laughs> but eventually I had a cleaning lady. Um, but everything was in its place, and he was very OCD that way, but in a very controlling way. And that would upset me greatly when I would see examples of that out in the world or in a movie or anything like that. That does not anymore. You know, I've worked through that, and I am just so grateful for the couple of girlfriends and stuff I have in my life that resulted from that relationship. His violence was not my fault. However, let's go stand in his shoes for a moment. He put himself in relationships with women that triggered all of his scary, bad, violent behaviors. He did that to himself. And when he eventually met someone and married, he did not marry someone like us. He married a very supportive, someone would make a negative comment and say, oh, he married a doormat. Not necessarily. He just realized in fact, we had this conversation when we were, were reconciling just sort of, we were, we were in the same circles and had common friends, so we had to kind of put some things to rest after it all had played out. And I told him, I says, you gotta quit dating women like Cindy and I, like, you just can't. Uh, we trigger something in you and you do not act nice. <laughs> Could he have gotten past that with counseling? Yes, probably, blah, blah, blah. The point is I want you to just look at the bigger picture. Do not get tunnel vision about what's going on in your life or the possibilities of what could be in your life. You can change. And when you change, you will probably find that people around you will change as well. Own the lesson, own the joy, and move on. And just continue to be and grow. Uh, I was probably having a grumpy day a few weeks back, probably complaining to my coach about my husband. Mm. I say this with my tongue in my cheek right now. You can just, you can, you, if, if you could see me right now, you probably see me and my head's bent a little bit. I'm looking a little sheepish because I know darn well that's what I was doing. <laughs> Anyways, it was funny because he made it a comment that is so very true and I'm very aware of it, but that I forget to put into practice now and then. He was reminding me once again that I'm the only person that can change and that he made an assumption. This actually wasn't the issue at all. He says, but you will probably find if you go in the house and do the dishes, he will realize that, oh, maybe I could be helping with that. Dishes weren't the problem, but you get the point, right? And it's very true. I've noticed this many times. In fact, it is something that is actually very basic to my marriage. If I am doing, my husband will never sit on a couch. Okay? It's, he's probably completely unaware he even has his personality trait. But if I've let my life get to a point of just giving up and I'm not getting stuff done and, and I've been in a place where I'm feeling sorry for myself. doesn't matter. We've been together 20 years now. A lot of this stuff's come and gone. He will just slide right into that behavior with me. Does that mean I'm responsible for how he behaves? No. No, I'm not. But I also know that in a healthy relationship of do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? I don't need to be right. We live on half a, a little over half an acre with this work to get done. I just know that I need to be a little more rested on a Saturday so that if I go out in the garden to work, he will just lit, he will come out and outwork me 10 to one. If 
I went to bed with my book. He'd work for about an hour, and then he'd probably sit in front of the television. Uh, he's got a television out in his man cave, watch a hockey game, and drink a beer. <laughs> Does it make him a bad person? No, not at all. I just, we all have these little personality quirks. Are you working with yours? Are you working with yours? Those are the things I want you to think about as we go into 2020. There are so many little idiosyncrasies. There's always two sides to every story, sometimes more. There is always two people in any relationship, okay? The only relationship you have that's singular is the one with yourself. And truly, is it really with yourself? Because you are made up of a whole bunch of stuff as well. You are energy, you are cellular matter, you are your soul, your brain, your subconscious, your conscious mind. You got a lot going on. There's a lot that goes on to make you, you. So let's learn all about you and be the best you you can be. Happy New Year, everyone. And I will see you next year. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Stay connected with us directly through livingwellwithshell.com. You can also join the discussion on Twitter at livingwellwithshell and Instagram at www.instagram.com slash livingwellwithshell. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through shelley at livingwellwithshell.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Thank you. And remember, willpower will only get you so far if you don't have a plan. <laughs>